for if you were leaving a town, who do you think you'd probably thank for your before you left? Do you think you'd be thanking the police? No, I'm. I'm also, and this is coming from someone that you know. I have a family member that family member that is a police officer. Yeah, um, but no, I, I don't think the first thing, the first person I would be thinking is the police. Would you be thinking your grocery store workers that you buy your groceries from? You know, I'm on honestly haven't, I'm a little caught off by the question. So to really think who would I think first, if I was to move out of the yeah. twin cities, so you didn't see Gordon Hayward's uh, wife's uh, Instagram story, huh? I did not. <laughs> so I've been pretty in tune with free agency, but I'm, it's more Twitter and a lot of woes and shams attention, but not so much on the wives of various Free agents. Well, just just that one in particular is. I guess I, I think it's a. It's we should hear from the Hayward family spokesperson, Robin Hayward. Uh, said, contrary to the media in Boston, I have really enjoyed my time there, and the relationships I made. I'm going to miss the community I've lived in, from the local police officers for checking in on me every day, the wonderful friends I made at Roche Brothers, who were always ready to chat when I was lonely. My wonderful neighbors, and of course, my friends at the cheese shop. I couldn't have been as happy as I was without all of you. Trust is hard thing to have in the NBA world, but I do trust my small community always had my back. We are grateful to them for keeping us company while Gordon was away. I'm excited to see my husband to show his talents again and play for Charlotte. We can't wait to start this adventure. So I guess Roche Brothers wow. is a grocery, like an expensive grocery store in Boston. I was gonna say that sounds like a very white post. I gotta be honest. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. It sounds like a very that's that's uh, some privilege. That's some white privilege boasting, right there. That's some. Uh, it was, and it wasn't even that I thought it was like privilege in the sense of like, oh, it just was out of touch and too just showing how insulated you are from like normal people. Like I don't, the neighbor part would be make sense or just any of your friends or just like, Oh, we're going to miss the life. Like I feel like there's so many different ways that people <laughs> think of. If you leave a town, you're like, Oh, this is where X child was born. And we'll always have these fond memories and whatnot. Like you get those posts all the time around like free agency and not nah, thanking the police. Thanking the grocery store worker. Also, why does she have to have the police come by to stop them every day? I feel like there are probably more important things to be going on. It feels like it's implying that there was, you know, a lot of threats towards the Haywards because of Gordon's poor play. I don't know if that was really a thing. Well, I know we're I know we're not trying to dive into free agency like first thing here. No. We gotta acknowledge Gordon securing the bag. Snagging thirty million dollars a year, I don't blame the guy. And I, mm. if I was, if I was in his shoes, I, I would want to be, try like churning the page. I want to start a new chapter somewhere else for sure. Um, things did not go well in Boston. Injury plagued. It was bad from the get go. I feel really bad for him. It would be really cool to see him turn into even eighty percent of what he was in. Uh, back when he played for the Jazz, if he, when he's in Charlotte, 
Uh, I don't know if we're going to see that. That team is going to be bizarre. Um, but wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, I that was that was the most shocking thing. I, I assumed that it was gonna it was going to end up being the Pacers, but um, yeah, I'm sure that they will find some nice, expensive grocery stores to in Charlotte. No, yeah, well, did we talk about it on the last pot or what? It's Charlotte's a Charlotte's a lovely, lovely up up uh, growing community. Charlotte's a very popular place on uh, for for all right now. I would uh, I wouldn't mind living in Charlotte. It'd be cool. No, no, I'm I'm more question is your team going to be good? But I think the more. I would, the last thing I wanted to see is somehow more talent to come to the Western Conference. So I'm glad that you stayed in the Eastern Conference and uh, was really thinking that we would end up seeing him go somewhere on like a four-year, $80 million deal. I was not expecting to another $10 million to be tacked on there. Listen, man, Mike Mike knows one thing, one thing only. That's, that's overpaying. Well... That team is going to be – they're going to be a lot better than they were. I mean, LaMelo, seeing how he's going to fit with everything is going to be interesting for sure. But it's a big signing. I'm curious. I, I think that they ended up – I think they waived Nick Batum. I don't know if they're doing some other wonky stuff with the cap in order to to uh, make that transaction work. But nonetheless – I think this is the first free agency that's hit that I've legitimately seen Woj and Shams tweet a few names. I'm like, who the hell is that? Like who, like with what? Oh, uh, let me find the, the few. There was um and I think these are had it been like they two. are they're they're waving and stretching Nicholas Batum's. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that they was, were waving him, but I was like, Howard. How is that stretch? What is guaranteed? It's gonna be a be a different kind of stretch for. No, I I saw a thing that it was a tweet that was assuming that they were gonna end up stretching him, and it's like if you factor that money in, it's like thirty nine million. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's you're you're a smaller market Eastern Conference team that is not good right now. So, and you're not gonna have cap room for the foreseeable future. So I understand the high risk, high reward move. Um, I don't. I personally don't think that is going to play out, but I, I hope that it does. Oh goddamn! The Bucks signed Tory Craig. Missed that yeah. one. This one. Yeah. Random. Random hey, one. As so I'm scrolling I, back. I, on a separate note here, um, maybe I want to touch on this quick before we talk more free agency stuff, but. How are you, are you still riding high off this wildcat victory from yesterday, or how are you oh. feeling today? <laughs> I was I was pretty drunk yesterday while watching it. Um, <laughs> a few few of the hazies had uh, some Octo- some revolution Oktoberfest going on too. Look at you! Ordered some uh, ordered some Taco Bell last night. Really? <laughs> oh, it went nuts nuts on Taco Bell last night. What was your What was your uh, choice what'd you go with crunch wrap cheesy gordita crunch sure cheese gordita crunch both both very very good choices got a couple soft shell tacos in there wow 
You weren't holding back. I was not holding back. I was not going to hold. I haven't had Taco Bell in a while. So, I mean, you got to balls to the walls with that bad boy. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you're going to get it, it's, you know, don't go in and just get like one Doritos Locos taco or something. You know, you got to. You got to really get after it. If you're going to go for Taco Bell, you might as well just completely go in. So I respect it. So that means you were, it was celebratory Taco Bell. Wildcats are, they're going to be, they're going to be close to top 10 team going next week, I think. They just moved up 11 spots. So they're 19. So they're eight now. Eight. Are they playing? Do they have Ohio State on their schedule? Uh, they do. No, their their schedules like a cake. They've played like Michigan or Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois. I think are their last three. Jeez. Well, I feel better that Iowa Northwestern's eleven. Now. No, I'm sorry, they didn't move up eleven spots. They're at eleven. Okay, they moved up eight spots to eleven. Well, I was pretty stoked on that yesterday. I was surprised. I thought Wisconsin was really good this year. Dude, that quarterback was doo doo. It was at, it was doo doo for it was Coco at plus. in Evanston, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I think that's a plus. You got a kid that doesn't have a ton of starts under this underneath his belt. It's not a super easy place to play when no one's in there. <laughs> well, I don't even mean because the crowd. I just I I don't know. There's something weird about. I've never been to a game there. You have, but I feel like it has kind of a. The, it, I know it's a big stadium, but it kind of has the feel of like a high school feel to me when I watch it on TV. Like, oh, it's yeah, it's not different. that. It's um, it's a pretty. I like the stadium. The stadium's pretty. It's, it's uh, probably really fun to go to a game there. Yeah, it's not a very large. Yeah, I, it's it's probably equivalent to a super nice. There's probably some Texas like high school fields that are equivalent to it, but. Um, damn, I'm trying to find the list of names from last night that uh, Woj was thrown out there. Who I just was perplexed. Perplexed. Well, let's dive into it, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start from the top with the team that's probably been the most active in free agency, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. So Atlanta just made an offer we're recording this on sunday afternoon here so if we get something wrong because news breaks later on sunday or on monday you have been warned but they put an offer sheet out on bodon um which i think is in the four-year 70 something million dollar range that came out today um so now it's a question of the Kings if they're going to match that, which, yeah, four years, 72 million, which I would be surprised if they didn't. Um, or I, I personally, I think the Kings are going to end up matching it to keep the asset and try to spin him for someone else later. Cause I think that that, at that number, I'm, I think he's pretty yeah. tradable. I'm confused if they can trade him or how that, they just can't trade him to Atlanta right, at all this year. But they could conceivably somehow Milwaukee could get him. They could, but I don't think the NBA is going to allow it. It depends what comes out of this investigation that they're going into with the box. Bullshit. I don't know. I mean, I think that there's some bias here. It's, 
it depends. There's a thousand the, percent bias. It depends what the Bucks did. I don't. I don't know. Well, I, that's going to come to light at, at some point here. It, what the Bucks did, I, 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 we don't know. We don't know. But they had come to an agreement on what a contract would be several days before free agency started. I get that. I, I just don't understand how this is the one that they're stamping their foot down on with all these these other these other transit actions, all these other signings. Well, the thing is, is most other transactions, you know, we're used to having the moment, like literally the, the minute that free agency opens, we have half a dozen to a dozen different transactions flying at us from Woj and Shams. This year was not like that. It, it was kind of a slow, you know, slowly kind of opening the faucet and transactions started coming in, but it seemed more straight laced this year and teams were actually abiding by the rules. Now, whether or not that's actually true, who knows, but that is, I don't think it was, that's what it looked like. The Bucks had one transaction that in this side of a window where they're, I just mean in this side of a window where they're cramming everything in, you're telling me that if a team, if two teams agreed to a sign and trade, we're going to, backtrack on that and not have that go through it, it felt like the bogdan stuff was just like him making that statement to circumvent and and try to prevent some of this of like oh, i'm not gonna go there i i sort of think he's still gonna end up on the buck somehow this this before the year's over no uh, that might be wishful thinking on your side but maybe you're right yeah. um yeah i'm I'm not sure, but let's let's keep talking. They just didn't do anything. They just didn't do anything. Uh, Oh, no, not my sweet boy. Joe Burrow just holding his leg. Oh, God. Uh, Well, I hope that's not a thing. Um, Shit. No, the the Hawks. So they they have an offer out for Bogdan. They signed Gallinari, which... I think pairs really well with what they're trying to do. Yeah. If they're going to play him at the three or the four and their plans with John Collins is a little bit interesting to me now, but they also got Rayshon Rondo and uh, Chris Dunn on two year deals, which both of which I think are really good pairings with Trey Young, uh, especially Chris Dunn and his everything that he brings on, on the defensive side. All in all, I've really liked what they've done. I think the Hawks are going to be pretty good. I think that they very well may be a playoff team in the East. Um, they've got they've got shooting around Trey. They're, the defense is going to be the question mark with them. Um, but I, I think that a lot of what they did, I thought that they, for the most part, they spent their money in a pretty good way. Um, just got to hope that everything pans out with, with Gallinari. It's it's similar to what Denver did a couple of years ago when they signed Millsap, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other comparison I had earlier in my head of sort of those big boy we're, we're ready to take on the next step of things moves for Atlanta for sure. Uh, a lot of it obviously is banking on Trey Young ascending to a higher higher level of of play, which trajectory wise for sure is on they'll definitely be in a position to be a playoff team now uh in the east that's not very hard 
I, I think they're probably topping out as like the fifth seed maybe when you look at some of the other teams in the East and where they compare. Uh, yeah, unless, if DeAndre Bogdan, Hunter, if, yeah. unless DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish or some of some of their young guys take a, a significant yeah. leap forward. I agree with that. I mean, with Bogdan, that's that's a nice – you putting him in, his, in that starting lineup, that's a real nice-looking uh, – pairing of just just rotation and, and guys i'm wondering what yeah as we we said that's that's going to kind of play a big part in that outlook of that team overall uh i, I think with him in there like we kind of said it, it does take some of the pressure off of maybe a um cam reddish or which that's really who I'd be looking at more than anything. Cam would be the guy that would need to really take a take a step forward if if they end up not having Bogdan to even be in a consideration for a legitimate contender out of the East in, in any sort of way. But it's a good step, yeah. I think they've, they're entering the conversation now to be considered one of those those contending teams. Uh, I just don't know if they have the top line talent to. Really, when you're looking at the Bucks and and Sixers, uh, some of those that grouping, uh, I'm not sure if they're quite there yet. But well, they just they lack a ton of or Miami at the, yeah. at the wing position, or really a stopper at the wing position. Like Gallinari's nice, right? Uh, but I am worried about like if he's your best wing defender, which I don't. I mean, I think that they probably would say that. You know, that's what they want um, DeAndre Hunter to be is to be the their the guy. That's what they drafted him for. Yeah, yeah, to go guard the number one player on the opposing team, and maybe he'll get there. Uh, that that's been the big question. But all in all, like like I said, I I a lot you think of they're it made sense to me. Do you think they're better than like Indiana or Toronto or Boston? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean. Indiana and what they end up doing with the Ladipo yeah. here is going to be a big question mark. And what I feel like they, I think that they are going to still deal Oladipo before the season. But um, yeah. no, but I, I can see this team. Like I think this team is better than the Magic. You know for sure. Yeah. They oh, were the yeah. Seed last year. I feel like Indiana is going to finally we're going to get that Indiana slide this coming year. Do you know what team they're definitely better is the Detroit Pistons, who had a very puzzling free agency. Detroit Pistons coming for the coming for the Knicks crown this year. Yeah, I just don't. You know, I think I'm. You and I are far from the only ones that were very perplexed as to what they were trying to do. Um, you know, it comes out right away. They they sign Okafor and Plumlee. Um, Plumley to a pretty sizable deal. I didn't see the number that Okafor ended up getting signed for, but then later in the night they pull a huge surprise and end up getting Jeremy Grant for uh, twenty million dollars a year, which the Nuggets were willing to match. But nonetheless, Grant wants to be a more prominent role, so this team is going to be rolling with. I don't know if D Rose is going to be starting a point or Killian Hayes who I actually think is a pretty fun draft pick for them. Uh, they also made a trade for Dion Wright. Um, so that team is going to look a lot different next year. 
So man, that's a lot of money to be throwing at a bigs. Don't love it. I, I feel like that's uh, something where the the entire team, uh, oh, our Taysom, hip pro- Taysom Hill prop just hit. <laughs> Did he run it in? Yeah. That's what I like. So um, I wonder what if the with the Pistons, if, if they are, I, I'm sincerely saying this, they're taking the Knicks kind of approach with this and they wanted to accumulate some veteran assets to flip and move later in the year or move some of their current guys. I feel like there seems like a lot of sense that they're going to try to move Blake at some point. So um, that automatically gives you sort of a, a window with, with a few of these dudes they brought on. Um, the Jerry and Grant one is kind of a bummer just because uh, I really liked his fit on Denver and he was a really uh, nice, nice piece as far as their ability to add a little athleticism to, to that team. And he showed flashes in the bubble too, where I personally would never bank on him being like a asset or a, a player in an offense where, okay, I'm going to center some plays around him in playoff time in those sort of senses, when they're taking away some of your better options, he's a really nice around the rim player who can, especially when you put him in that dunker zone and just generally as far as his playmaking ability from that standpoint is dangerous. And that's not even just in Denver. I mean, he showed flashes of that his last year with uh, OKC as well. I just, from his perspective, and it appears by reports, money was the same with there in Denver. I guess if I were him, I, I would see Denver as a better scenario to be able to flourish and have success with winning. I think you just see too often. There's a lot of these times where you'll move into a spot like Detroit. I just don't see the pieces around him to necessarily allow some of that to happen. Granted, he's adding to his game. He changes that up. He might see himself as an ability to create a little bit more for himself. And in that case, go for it. But I've always viewed him as a really solid player, at least the last few years of you pairing him with some good distributors, some guys who are good at creating plays for others. And that, that dude will execute and deliver on a lot of those plays. And like you said, yeah, Derek Rose is the, your starting point guard of plan. And I mean, that's not, that's not Derek <laughs> at all. Right. And I, I'm trying to find right now, because the next team that I would like to talk about is, is the Thunder and the, or are the Thunder and the Pelicans. Um, the Thunder have made too many, like I'm, I'm, now no knows where I'm, I'm for, I can't even keep track as to who is or, or is not on the Thunder. Um, we talked about already that, you know, they, they made a deal and took on Al Horford's contract. Um, and they also took on, um, or Bledsoe went over to, to New Orleans, but New Orleans and the Thunder are going to be the two teams that look by far the most different, I think, going into next year. Um, I saw I saw a tweet today saying that Zion is the most tenured player on the Pelicans. 
<laughs> at this point because everyone else has been traded or drafted after him. Uh, so that team is going to be vastly different. Um, but I, I mean, the Steven Adams trade, I, I want to get your thoughts on that one primarily, because I think the idea of him and Zion playing together is hilarious to me because <laughs> it's like the two toughest there. And Zion hasn't even really played that much, but he's viewed as like this insane, like tough dude. Cause he looks yeah. like an ox. Right. And now he's playing next to Steven Adams who, you know, I don't, there are too many examples out there to, to that are really worth even worth mentioning at this point about what that guy's all about. So I, I wanted to get your thoughts on having, on that move from a, a Pelican's lens and what do you think about what OKC is doing and literally stockpiling draft picks at this point? Yeah, I, I'm, I was down with the, the trade. I like this fit with Steven Adams next to Zion. I, I think he'll, he'll, he's proven at least in OKC, the, the five different iterations of that team he's been on that he he's been able to mend well with a lot of different types of players and Pelicans don't have short of a sort of open chest of different guys they're going to be pulling from to really develop and determine what that core group is. So he, I think compliments really well defensively him and Zion together. That makes for a formidable <laughs> front court for you to have to try to, to barrel through and get any points close to the paint. Uh, and I, I think looking at like him versus, um, you know, comparing to them having Derek favors last year, uh, I think he's an automatic upgrade. I would much rather, I, I just like the fit of him with, uh, Zion way more than I was ever. I never really bought into the Derek Favors thing with him no. in, in, in the Pelicans last year. So, um, and I think too, they were looking at uh, Aaron Baines at one point was kind of rumored to maybe go to the Pelicans. And I, I, I mean, Steven Adams is a, a much better version of a defender than, than what you get from Aaron Baines. So I think, for them to utilize the Drew Holiday trade to fit that in and expand that out was smart on their part and gives them a good, uh, a good addition uh, in a in a team where they were very heavily moving around, oh, just having a lot of moving parts around them. Two other teams in the West I want to hit on quick: the two LA teams. So the Lakers had quite a surprise the first night of free agency and landing. Trez to a two-year deal player option in the second year, and then also getting West watch, uh, which, and they re-signed KCP. Um, so the Lakers, like, and we haven't talked about this deal either, but um, they, uh, they're going to be better next year. Like, I think that the Lakers, I've loved everything that they've done. Um, Harrell as a sixth man and him and Schroeder, like I, I am a little curious how they're going to kind of structure various lineups and can they play Trez and AD together or which I, I feel like they probably can and probably will. Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I just think the Lakers somehow got even scarier. And then I was really, really not very high on what the Clippers had done up to this point. 
until I saw that they were going to land Surge, uh, which I think is a I think is a really nice signing for them. Like they, yeah. Marcus Moore, sixty million dollars a year, four years, no thanks in my opinion. Uh, it's a little too rich for my blood, but landing Surge to you know nine and a half million dollars a year for a couple of years, he is he was so good for the Raptors last year, um, and just he he. I think it's going to bring a lot to that team that they were missing and is going to, I think that they, I don't think that that all of a sudden like raises their ceiling. Like at the end of the day, you need Paul George to be Paul George in order for it to be competitive in the Western conference finals or to get to the Western conference finals. But um, yeah, I, I, I do think that that was a really good signing. And I think those two are going to come out of free agency as the likely favorites in the West. Oh, I mean, for the Clippers, just yeah, that's a that's an automatic upgrade. I'm a little worried about the the Montrez Harold fit with the Lakers. Uh, I think overall I'll be fine because even with you know a difference of of things with him is that you know they'll have him with AD. So I think some of the defensive concerns there um, automatically do go away uh, with that fit. Uh, and they're bringing back Marcus Morris, who they were in a in a key piece of of guys they were looking at to, um, you know, make sure they locked up to their their core. So Marcus Morris surge, I, I think, probably gives you uh, an upgrade defensively. Uh, I wonder with the Luke Kennard uh, piece. Yeah, I think that's. I, I guess I would argue. I think that is an upgrade over Landry Shamit. For yeah, that. you and I, you and I disagree on this one. Yeah, uh, that's and, and that's the piece where I, I, if if Lucanard's healthy, I, I think there's some concern around his knees and just overall um, longevity there for a full season. But I, I would overall looking at them, I think they're they got better. Maybe on the fringes or just how they're better is just a little different. Then, um, so I, I, I think compared to the team last year where they were set sort of in a direction of, hey, we're adding Kawhi and Paul George and we're just going to kind of expand the things we previously done. Uh, I think their overall team and obviously not having Doc there, I think that gives them the ability to be a overall uh, a little bit more dynamic going forward. With, with some other matchups, but uh, to seeing the Lakers, I think, still have a few more moves to go, whereas the, the Clippers, at least to this point, seem pretty set. Uh, and if, like, the Lakers are able to add Marcus All, uh, I really, then I think the Lakers did a very good job of retooling this offseason to, to upgrade in, in areas where they, they did have um, some weaknesses there because if you look at like Schroeder and if Schroeder and um, and Montrez are going to be your primary two guys off the bench, that's a really solid bench. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're pretty much cap strapped with what you're able to do yeah. with LeBron and a- and soon to be AD's um, contract, but. Um, and bringing bringing back KCP, I think was I I personally KCP went up 
several rings in my my thought of of him just based on how he played he in the playoffs. Great. He was great in the playoffs. I mean, he, he was by far like like he was the most impressive other than Rondo and Flashes outside of AD and LeBron. KCP was kind of the guy. Yeah. Uh, he was he was consistently really really good for them. Um Let's and going, I, I guess the Rondo thing, I didn't mention it with the Hawks, but I do really like Rondo's fit with the Hawks um, and where you look at them just on that sort of, all right, time to be big boys here and we're going to take a step up. I think Rondo's great for that team and just how he's he's kind of built that niche for himself now, his, the back end of his career of just working with younger players and younger players seeking him out to be a part of. Uh, that's That's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I hope Chris Dunn does well there as well. Yeah, I'm – those two, like, I think that they're going to be very good influences on how Trey Young yeah. develops. Like, Trey Young offensively, like, that guy's good. But do you think Rondo is just going to be, like, super chill with Trey Young just dogging out on defense? Which actually – I think the Trey Young is actually he tries from the defensive end. He yeah, just, I think Rondo. I think I. But I don't think Rondo will dog him because I think he understands. Yeah, that's dude's got to score. Limitations. Yeah. No, but I think he's going to be really helpful from a standpoint of like, hey man, you know, if you did this, 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 and you know these little adjustments here, like you're making it easier on yourself and for the team wise, like defensively, where you know, this helps us do X, Y, and Z. I think Rondo's really good at. Um, working with those guys as long as they're open to receiving that and, and, and taking that criticism. Right. Rounding out the Western conference here, other, like most teams kind of stayed, stayed pat with what they were trying to do. Um, the Mavs re-signed Trey Burke. Uh, they later ended up trading away Seth Curry. So he's no longer with them. I'm trying to find who they brought back in that deal again. <laughs> I'm losing track. There have been so many trades the last few days, but um, they, for the most part, stayed pat. Timberwolves. They just signed, signed Willie Cauley Stein. It looks like um, James Johnson. I think through all those trades, he's going to end up on. Uh, he's he's ending up on Dallas through that three-team trade with Ariza and Detroit, which I think makes some sense. But then. Timberwolves uh, re-sign Malik. Not sure if they're going to re-sign Wancho, but $60 million over four years, which um, I think the general consensus has been that that's a little bit expensive, a little bit more than what people anticipate Malik going for. I don't know. I thought it could have been anywhere from 12 to 15 million. So it really wasn't that surprising to me, but uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to bring him back. Yeah. Um, Blazers, pretty happy with um, – I mean, I think that they've had a really good offseason. Um, you and I were talking with some friends yesterday. Not in love yeah. with the Rodney Hood resigning. I think $10 million a year for the next few years for him. Doesn't make a ton of sense given the acquisition of Rocco and the fact that they're already bringing back Melo. But um, – yeah, uh, they also signed Derek Jones Jr., which I thought made a lot of sense for them as well. I mean, I really liked what the Blazers did uh, overall. I thought they I, – I don't really have a problem with any of the, the guys they um, brought in. I'm glad Melo's going back there. And 
Um, I think what they did a better job this year than they had in, in compared to especially even last season is shored up their, their depth in a lot of areas, especially on the wings and in the front court where they, they lacked um, some depth and, and where they've been impacted the last couple years just off injuries where, um, you know, they, they were a team that I think had they been healthy this year would not have been having to go so crazy in the bubble to have to secure a playoff spot. Um, and the year before that, even, I mean, they were kind of the inverse. They were playing really well going in the off season or going into the playoffs were dinged up and, and were able to prevail, but just weren't at full strength. So for them, I think health's the biggest thing, but when you look at it, having Ro- Rocco, Mello, Derek Jones Jr., um, I think just wing depth there is looking a lot better. And with with Rocco and Derek Jones Jr., that, that's giving you some ability there just from a defensive standpoint to uh, clean up anything that maybe is lacking from when you put Mello out there. And they're, I mean, they still got CJ and, and Dame. So I, I really think they are, uh, have put themselves in a prime position to take a step up. And as far as contending next year, they'd be at the top of my list of teams that I think are going to, along with the Clippers, Lakers, Denver, um, that I would take real seriously. Right. Uh, a few other notes in the West. Denver, they lose out on Jeremy Grant. They bring back um, Paul Millsap, and then they also sign Jermichael Green, which helps a little bit depth. A yeah, little depth at the power forward position. I'm a Jermichael. I'm a Jermichael Green fan, so I think that was something where uh, it wasn't what they obviously wanted, but it, it's a decent uh, substitution for losing out on Jeremy Grant, but. At the same time, I he is in no way as athletic or on the defensive end as as strong of a of a player as uh, as Jerrion was for them. And it'll be I'm interested to see how they kind of have him fit in there because he's had roles between Memphis and the Clippers where it's just kind of odd ends. Where like he he he's one of those guys for sure. I think that is very good in a short window of play. The more he plays, I think some of his weaknesses get really exposed. Right. Um, And then the Kings and Jazz, pretty quiet. Jazz re-sign Jordan Clarkson to a four-year deal, and then they agreed on a max extension with Donovan Mitchell, and the Kings signed a max extension with – Aaron Fox and Derek Favors is going back there <laughs> and Derek Favors is going back there and then the Warriors they dealt for Kelly Oubre which what did you think about that I mean first round pick flip that over to the Thunder bring Kelly Oubre a little bit of wing depth with Clay now for the year which again I don't remember I know the Clay news came out while we right before we yeah we didn't the draft podcast um, but super bummed out about that I think I personally I kind of like the trade. Um, I thought it made sense for them, but now they they otherwise were fairly quiet. Got Brandon yeah. for some point guard depth. I I think the Kelly Oubre thing makes sense as far as a fit. Just of 
younger dude is going to really give them some help on the wings and without clay, like as a, you obviously we, we, you think of with clay and just his ability to score, but I mean, he was the anchor of their, their, <laughs> their de- defense in a lot of ways. I mean, he was guarding everyone's, he's guarding the best player ever, every team they went up against. Um, so I think Kelly Oubre's ability there helps to, to, not obviously replace it one for one, but help with it. And, um, you know, if, if we depending on what happens with Wiggins and him, uh, it's, you could play those guys together, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. It is going to be just weird to see that team being in win now mode next year. Um, fingers crossed they continue yeah. to be healthy, but to see Steph and Draymond with a full season, with some other talent around them from the get-go. Um, and they're also interested in Marcus Soul. We'll see if they end up yeah. landing him or if he ends up going to the Lakers. Um, but, yeah, the, the Warriors are going to be really so, weird to watch next season. I think. They'll be weird. And, and I totally understand the clay stuff sucks so much that it's – yeah, they're just this core is not – it, a lot of people were saying just like quick on the well this they're done kind of thing do they and the warriors for sure their core right now is done as, as far as presently stated that group is not going to be coming back and and you can't rely on a Draymond Clay Steph group to necessarily be a championship contending team cuz we don't we don't know what Clay's going to look like when he comes back in another year plus you know, from that injury, uh, but I think they've got a, a decent amount of of options as far as retooling. Still, like they're not locked in a place of sheer doom and gloom from that standpoint. Um, so, you know, they have the Wiggins contract. They have. I I think they've got moves. They just have to be realistic with themselves and and figure out what what options they've got out there, but there's enough dumb teams out there that they can, I think, take advantage of and, and make some trades. So let's move to the East. Uh, one team I want to talk about that I personally think that they've had maybe the best week last week that of any other team is, is the Sixers. I love what they did. They got off Al Horford they really didn't have to give up. They only had to attach one first-round pick in order to get off of his contract. They now have competent shooting around Ben Simmons. They have Danny Green and Seth Curry on the roster. And they get Dwight Howard to get some depth behind Embiid, uh, which the whole Dwight Howard fiasco is Dwight. also hilarious. Yeah. But they, I just, they're in a much better place cap-wise now than they were a week ago. And a lot of the problems that they ran into last year that people point to as the reason why this team is really not maximizing their potential shooting spacing. And now they have it. Um, I'm, I thought that they, I thought Darren Morey was great with what he did with that team. Yeah. And I like to them getting um, Terrence Ferguson in that trade too. I, I he's think- a good, yeah, I, like I think he could be – he gives them a little bit of um, something different that they haven't had on the, the wings as far as 
uh, just an, an athletic guy who hasn't been the most consistent shooter for sure, but has the, shown the ability to knock down threes. So I think that was good too. And and yeah, over, I think they did a, a Maury and, and Elton Brand did a really good job of pivoting quickly to um, kind of put this team in a position of some of the things that we were talking about last off season that they needed and that they oddly didn't address and kind of zigged or zagged when they should have zigged uh, with a lot of their, um, you know, the Al Horford signing and whatnot. <laughs> but um, I think too, if, if things had gone differently with Jimmy, I, I think that changes the this trajectory of this team as well. Um, so they're kind of still recovering from missing that opportunity and, and, and kind of, I think, screwing that situation up. Yeah. So I, the one thing is I feel like we've done this last couple years with the, the Sixers of just like buying and buying and buying in. And I'm, I'm for sure feeling scorned by, by them in a lot of ways. Uh, the Dwight thing to them though, I will say was, yeah, obviously bizarre and shout out Dwight for never being able to do anything simple. Like even something as like this, where you're dictating where you're going, like him screwing it up. I'm sort of bummed that he's not returning to the Lakers. To be honest, I loved the return of Dwight and I really liked his fit on the Lakers, even though he's just, I mean, he's a, he's a weird dude. Um, he's a weird dude. And you would eventually think that that would probably end up going south, but um, where I, I some of those things I, I feel like you know does he will will Dwight be able to keep it together in that same way just from a locker room dynamic going into this this Philly situation? If he does, I think he offers them a lot of help, especially with Embiid. Um, you know, being able to recover and, and, and keep that defensive, uh, those defensive responsibilities when Embiid comes out. Uh, I still have questions with them of like having another playmaker and the ability there because based on these moves, it's really clear that they're going to stick with Ben Simmons as the point guard. And I just, I'm, I'm really starting to wonder if you can count on that if he's not going to become aggressive and, and, and get some sort of outside game because even with these shooters and whatnot, his ability to find them and hit them and, and whatnot in an offense, like if you're not going to shoot them yourself, man, like they're, they're uh, just going to sack. They, like it's, it's not, it's going to get too clogged up still with yeah, you I at mean, that spot. I think having a new coach, um, and Doc, if, if if someone if he's not able to unlock that, then I don't think anyone really is. But I don't even I I'm while I think it would be great if you had Ben Simmons who was shooting a handful of threes a game and hitting him at a decent clip. To me, I think you can still make it work. Like I'd like to see them play a little bit more with like, you know, if you're not having if, like experiment with Ben at the five a little bit because I actually think that he could play there. Um, yeah, the you want him at center? Not always, but I'm saying like with second, if he if I, like kind of what the Heat did with LeBron at the five at times. But like I think that you could pull some of that with Simmons and with the oh. way that their roster is currently constructed, where 
I don't think you can. Why can't, why can't you run a handful of minutes a game with, with that out there and then sprinkle? Like, I just don't – I think that you can – now you can have Embiid, Simmons on the floor with three shooters around them. Not always, but they have, yeah. they have options around that now where they didn't previously. And then if you take Embiid off the floor, I think you have even more options with what you can do. I, I, I think uh, – I just some, I, like go small Simmons at the five Tobias at the four. And then you have some combination of Danny green, um, Seth Curry and throw in one more shooter and you see what happens. And like, I think that that's, who's, I think they're going to running with some of that stuff. Who's running the, that's what I, I just, I don't, there's no one to get those guys the ball. If I think if, Simmons, I think Simmons would play point on offense, but he would, he would play center on defense is what I'm saying. Oh, so you like straight up to the, the I just don't like that because that's in in yeah, some transition pieces and maybe on the matchup that could work. Um just from a standpoint of but that means you're telling me you don't have him beat out there in those spots. Like that's not just not a overall like you can't do that for that's not very sustainable throughout the game with where they're No, at. no, no, no. I just mean can you play at times with a lineup like that? Sure. I mean, I like the idea of if you're uh, – I really like the idea of, of Ben taking the four spot and trying trying from there to um, help spread things out. And that gives you the ability to – when Joel Embiid wants to take his threes because he's definitely not going to stop. And granted, teams want him to shoot those. Uh, but – at least he's willing to do it where I'm like, all right, let Joel Embiid go to the corner on certain sets. Let him, let Ben Simmons be in that dunker spot, be close by. But granted that that's assuming they would have had someone to um, be able to create for others on that team. They don't have that. And I wonder, I I think Tobias is for sure going to, Play. I mean, he played some of his best basketball when he was on the Clippers, and and kind of got Doc got him traded to the 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 Sixers and got him paid. I think based on how he was playing when he was with the Clippers. So I think I'm encouraged by that standpoint to see what Tobias does. Um, but I wonder if it's almost setting it up as like Tobias gets flipped again here. Granted, his money is the most of anyone's, so I don't know where you fit that contract for contract, but. Um. Yeah, he's tough to trade. Yeah, where he's at now, I don't know what team would be willing to take him on. Or yeah, what team? What teams could even make that work? The Knicks, right. I guess. I could see him <laughs> the Knicks. Which, by the way, the the you know a lot of the remaining Eastern Conference teams here, um, pretty quiet. Knicks really didn't do too much. Um, I do want to uh the nets the nets uh before i want to talk about the buck about the bucks with you but i do want to hit on the nets quick too because they ended up landing shamit in that trade with um detroit and la but they get shamit and they re-sign um joe harris to a four-year 75 million dollar deal which seems like a lot uh but i think he's just so important for them and because of what he brings i think would be tradable if they wanted to to, to get off of that later um, or include him in a deal to, to try to yeah. get a superstar. But I, let's, let's jump to the box. Cause I do want to know now that the Bogdanovich trade in all likelihood is not going to be happening. 
um, unless the Kings end up matching and then trade him later. <clears throat> um, I want, I want like the, to kind of round out the transactions the Bucks ended up having here. They, they brought back Pat, Pat Connaughton. They signed DJ Augustine uh, and they signed Bobby Portis, which I think all those moves in a vacuum make a ton of sense for them. Um, do you think the way that this roster now is constructed with Drew Holiday at the point, do you think that this is a team that you feel pretty good about their chances of making the finals? As a, I Bucks, think, as a Bucks fan, but also someone that has watched a ton of Bucks basketball in the last several years. Yeah. I think the I well, in learning now they added Tory Craig. Yeah. I like the fringe I think from like a retooling and, and reshaping of the bench and the supporting cast. Um I think they've done a lot of good as far as adding some more. I mean, I really like the Tory Craig. I'm a big fan of. I like that addition there. Um, and I really like the fit of Bobby Portis on this team, especially with Giannis. Um, I think that that could be really um, a nice, nice fit. I think the part I do struggle with a little bit is I wonder what their plan would have been had the Bogdan thing worked out to see how they fill out that roster. Um, you know, is it that they still bring in DJ Augustine to just kind of understand like what, what of these pieces that they add that were centered around that envision of having uh, Bogdan on this team versus what are these moves of kind of like, all right, well, we flamed out on that, so we got to you know, figure out something else. Because um, I think the thing with the with Bogdan being on the team in particular was that that was a guy that in, in, in spurts has shown his ability to create his own shot and be able to get a bucket for himself. And I think also help create for others. And, and the one piece of just the Bucks in general, and I'm – Hi, I just I wonder if if with some of this, I think just the Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe thing. I mean, I think they've upgraded, and they've got a dependable they've got a dependable third piece there for in a lot of different ways. That but um, I do just wonder in in those situations when um, you know having the Giannis be the primary guy to start the offense always. I'm just I'm concerned about it in some ways, but at the same time, it's proven out that that works really well in the regular season, and they're gonna, you know, win 55, 60 games, no problem. And I think everything they did here, that's not gonna change at all. Um, it's it just with this group still, I'm I'm concerned with the idea of in some of those those tight playoff spots, like are they? Did they do enough to equip themselves to, um, in those situations, um, be able to, yeah, beat Miami? Because I'll be honest, I, I them not being able to beat, beat Miami is one. It was a matchup problem that people identified early and whatnot. But the just the inability to adjust, and this this part f- falls on Budenhoser, I think more than anything is like is he going to be willing to do that, which he's never really shown in his career to adjust in, in these spots. So I, I, I run into that wall looking at this t- thing as a whole, but 
I like the pieces that they've got to at least try to fix that right now more than I did that core group last year. Yeah, I I like their chances better. I mean, at the end of the day, they I think you need to get better play out of well, Giannis was hurt, right? I mean, that so, was that was the I, biggest reason. If um, if I were Giannis though looking at this group, this isn't something where I'm signing a supermax and committing to just off all this. Like this wasn't enough. I think the if Giannis is a big fan of Bogdan, maybe that's that's enough to commit to commit. But if I'm him, I'm not committing around you know the things they did this year to to try to get there to address his their inability to compete. But you know, it might it might be one of those things that go on with your point. Sorry, he doesn't know. He doesn't sign the super max. He moves forward to see how this season goes, and he's just he's just a free agent at the end of next year, which yeah. is going to drive Bucks fans absolutely insane to see what might happen there. Um, Cause he's going to have this fair share of options the following year. But um, no, I, I, I agree with your point that do I like their chances of winning a championship with this roster versus versus the last two years? For sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of hate getting thrown their way of like, you want to trade for Drew? Well, why don't why don't you just pay Malcolm? Uh, which I think is fair. Yeah, honestly, I think that if you you take what you have here and then you also have Brogdon at the two, that's nice. I mean, that's that is a right. That is, I think that's that's a, that's a team that I really like their chances of winning the East for sure. And that's and that's a, that's going to end up being a big thing of where I think they failed was. And I didn't like it. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I was Brogdon over Bledsoe. The thing that frustrated me with that going back was when they they were so quick to re-sign Bledsoe, knowing Brogdon was coming up, where I was like, you should have – and they, they signed Bledsoe at the time before the playoffs two years ago. So it's like, what are you doing from that standpoint? Because Bledsoe had not shown anything – in the playoffs that was of confidence the the going back like he had just never shown something where i'm like that's something you need to commit to right now like you don't that's not something you mess around with and and determine i that was that could have been something they they left left on the table and given themselves some options but by being so quick to do that it was the domino effect that kind of screwed them because then i understand from looking at it of do we really want to commit this much to Brogdon in that sense? But if you peel it back and it's Brogdon or Bledsoe, and if we sign Brogdon, great. And we could either pick Bledsoe or pick up something else that we need. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a better, you know, from the, that off season, that's, that's a lot different thing to look at than it's Brogdon with this or nothing. Yep. Well said. Um, the only so really quick, I do want to get your thoughts on what Garrett like, Temple. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so the Bulls don't have. Is he their only free agent signing up to this point? Yeah, the yeah, letting really and 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 bringing back uh and and Denzel Valentine signing his uh qualifying offer. Yeah, that was um. Shout out Denzel Valentine. Shout out the Bulls for being one step closer to maybe eclipsing 35 wins. Oh, yeah. Um, No, I want to get your thoughts on if you're the GM for the Wizards right now, what do you do? 
And why do you feel good about paying Bertans $80 million? Uh, <laughs> shout out Bertans. I was so yeah, happy that Bertans got of, Yeah, that's a good chunk of change, my guy. He had himself a, yeah. yeah good for Bertans. show you, if you can shoot. The American dream, baby. If you can, sh- if you have some size and you can shoot 40 plus percent from three in the NBA, you are going to make a lot of money. Yeah, new NBA, yes, for sure. And Bertans, you know, he he could be one of those dudes that they end up flipping at some point and getting some pieces for. Um, there's gonna be there's gonna be a, a scenario and a, a trade deadline in the future where Bertans is the a highly sought after guy, and teams are gonna oh when he's on an expiring, no question. I mean, I yeah. Like he's he's gonna get flipped several times in his last year. Yeah, so I think uh, for them it was it was good that they they locked him up and kept him. Um, if I'm them, I'm you've got to figure out a way though to trade. I guess John Wall is the new priority. Of are you are you moving John Wall and and how and where and are you bringing back Russell Westbrook? I think that team would be crazy. Like, I think that team would. I think the Wizards would be a playoff team if they traded John Wall for Russell Westbrook. I, I don't think. Know. That, I don't. I don't know what they would have to attach to uh, John Wall to get Russell Westbrook in that deal. Because if I'm Houston, I would not want to touch that with a 20 foot pole. But also Houston, they have given up many first round picks to build the roster the way that it has been built the last several years, uh, including. And everything they had to get up to to give up to get PJ Tucker and Rocco and all these different assets around James Harden, Russell Westbrook. I'm um, not to mention getting Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul. So I don't know who who is would be willing to take on John Wall's contract at this point. Like the trade demand from John Wall, the Pistons. <sighs> That's I did see that that screen of the the three way trade of Blake. Russell and John Wall, and I didn't hate it. I it that would be so dumb for the it would not be smart for yeah. The Pistons can get out of Blake's contract very soon. Yeah, do not take on more money, more financial commitment to get off of Blake's contract. That doesn't (laughs) that doesn't make sense. Um, the only other team that, um, I think the only other really big transaction I don't think we've hit on yet is. Uh, the Raptors re-signing um, Van Fleet for four years, um, eighty plus million dollars, um, which I thought I think he's he was so good um, in their in their championship season two, a year ago, um, and has just built himself into a, a, a an above average NBA point guard. So I thought that that was a great get from the Raptors to re-sign him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Raptors had a for sure. I I was not really thinking he was going to go anywhere, but return to Serrano. The They're gonna, were the only, the only one I could think. And of. yeah, I think the Knicks were just tied to those, and that was just a lot of guys, agents linking them to the Knicks so that the teams they were on would take them seriously. Since yeah, it's plausible the Knicks were looking at them, but also. Um, like, I think just because they had cap space, it was those kind of things of just dangling the Knicks thing out there. It's like, oh, you know, the Knicks might sign them, and they got the cap space to do it. And 
the teams, those those teams that they want to return to, just doing that to keep them honest. I, if anything, um, was was where I saw with that one. I, if, if Toronto can bring back Marcus Saul, I think they'll end up being still pretty competitive. If they're not able to, uh, it might turn into a little look of like, is it time to? Are they going to do the teardown now this year? If you don't have Serge or um, Marcus Saul, not that those were the breaking points, but. I'm not sure if the Raptors are going to be as competitive without those guys at two. No, I think they're going to have to do something. I think that they're just not going to be quite as competitive. You have, I mean, that team is going to be a playoff team as long as Nick Nurse is the head coach. Yeah. Uh, um, Siakam, Van Fleet, and Kyle Lowry are healthy. That team is going to be a playoff team, but right. their ceiling definitely is a lot lower if if they lose Gasol on top of the fact they already lost Ibaka. I mean, I think that team, they, they, I, I like Ananobi, but they still lack wing talent. So with kind of this thought in mind though, of we were talking about Philly. Yeah. I think signing Fred Van Vliet for the Raptors gives them the flexibility to look at moving Lowry. And would you move Kyle Lowry would if you were the Sixers, would you trade Tobias for Kyle Lowry? If I'm the Raptors, I would not. I would not do that. If I was the Raptors, I was thinking the if I'm the Sixers, do, would I actually do that or not? I don't. I I don't think I would do. I like Tobias on the the Raptors. That kind of. I don't I, think I would do that if I was either team. Maybe the Tampa Bay I, Raptors, by the way. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I got to think about that one. You might be blowing my mind with that one. I just popped in my head. I don't hate it. You're. You were then really. Who's going to start at the three for the Sixers then? Yeah. Well, you have Danny Green. You've Kyle. got. Yeah. I mean. Eh. You've Are got you Terrence okay? Ferguson. We just were talking. I mean. He can't start. I mean, I'm, they're just not that big. Like I, at least if I have, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that I would do that if I was on either side of it. Because I, I understand why the Sixers would maybe want Kyle Lowry, but I wouldn't. And if you can get out of that financial commitment by doing so and getting off Tobias Harris' contract, I guess that's a plus. But at the end of the day, you still need competent wing players, and I don't yeah. know who's guarding the Jimmy Butlers of the world or the Giannis's of the world. Glenn Robinson, the third, you know, I don't know if he's <laughs> even still on their team or not. Uh, no, you're, I mean, you're, you're for sure. There, there would have to be something to kind of figure out there still, but I'm, I'm mainly thinking about it because Ben Simmons would be who you're having guard those guys in my mind. Um, he, because if he's taking take off ball, and I'm just saying a lot of this to fit in the scenario of, yeah, Ben Simmons being off the ball and playing the four. Right. But right, there's there's some challenges there by losing that kind of wing wing player in Tobias and moving it over for a point guard. If you could, if you could orchestrate something where you had another competent wing player. Um, then I would consider doing it, but 
Maybe Norman Powell comes with it. Maybe they they get throw Norman Powell. I like it more than. <laughs> I'll, I'll do some trade machine work and I'll send okay, some okay. over to you. All right, I'm, I'm interested in that one. But no, I, I think that pretty much wraps up where where things currently stand with free agency. It's been a very weird year. It's also weird to think that one month from now ish, <laughs> uh, teams are going to be playing. So I think that we're going to have a lot to talk about over the course of the next four or so weeks until the season starts. But this is very, it's a weird year, but I'm glad that NBA officially is, uh, is back again. Very fun. I'm just going to end it by saying Lakers better. <laughs> yeah. I hope that next free agency is on my birthday. Like it normally is. Cause that's always the most fun is it's like I'm in a little celebratory mood strikes midnight then I get to see all the transactions come through. It's it's weird when it's at 5 p.m. on a Friday yeah. in November. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. At Clippers, Lakers still better. <laughs> I I have to agree with you. All right, Peach. Talk to you all soon. See you, man. It's the thrill of one more kill. The last one to find.